Good morning and uh, welcome to another episode of CCT Live, the Cape Cod Times Live Facebook uh, broadcast, news broadcast, coming to you every Thursday at 9 a.m. I'm news editor Patrick Cassidy and I'm joined today by Jeff Splane, who covers the towns of Barnstable and Barnstable County government. Uh, but most importantly for our purposes today, you're our local political reporter, local statewide political reporter and, and national for that matter for us. Right. With primaries right around the corner, uh, that's what we're going to spend the majority of today talking about. Um, we'll also chat a bit about the stifling uh, heat that's uh, caused a spate of cancellations at some Cape schools, including the start of school in Barnstable, which has been pushed off. And take a look ahead at a story that you won't want to miss that involves sharks and pirate treasure. So you can take a look back at our past episodes and follow along on all our social media, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Um, let's dive right in. There's a lot to talk about in the world of politics. We've got the primary uh, primaries on Tuesday, right. uh, the day after Labor Day, and we'll explain a little bit more about that. But you had a, a primer on these primaries in Sunday's paper and then had a series of stories, Jeff. I, I did, and I just want to let you know, in case you didn't know that uh, Tuesday was primary day, if your mailbox is anything like mine, this is all <laughs> the past week. So they're That's out there trying to remind you that it is going to be uh, Plenty of money day. being spent on those A, a lot those of money flyers. on those mailers. Um, but yeah, uh, the day after Labor Day, as we're all returning to, uh, to life after the summer, um, it is a, a primary day, which has a lot of interesting statewide races, a lot of races here on the local front. And of course we have in Massachusetts a primary on the Republican side for U.S. Senate to see who'll go up against Elizabeth Warren in the fall. Um, but the fact that it is the day after Labor Day has a lot of people concerned. The candidates, the parties, and a lot of political pundits are saying this could be, this could be a troubling because there's so many interesting races going on, so many important races. Primaries traditionally aren't it's not a big turnout. Ten percent, yep. if you're lucky. Town of Barnstable here, largest municipality on the Cape, their town clerk says, we're hoping we get seven to ten percent. Yep. So there really is a move and a push to get people out to vote. If you're not going to be here on on Tuesday, you have until tomorrow at five o'clock to get an absentee ballot. And the concern is, of course, you know, people are like basically wrapping up their summers on Labor right. Day. They're headed back to work. They're headed back to school in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, by the way, you got to go vote, too, on exactly. probably a pretty busy day where people are juggling some schedules. Yeah. And there is a reason why it is the uh, on the day after Labor Day, because given the uh, there could have been a conflict with some of the Jewish religious holidays um, and the secretary of state who himself is up in, <laughs> for election in a primary was really kind of in a pickle here. Do we ask for, a, a, you know, can we get another legislature to give us till late September? But it appeared as if this was going to be the best um, solution. And there are so, kind of rules as to what there they are have rules. To it do. has to be within seven days of the second Tuesday yeah. in September. So, and and in his race as well, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Might it's not a be a great race. thing for him uh, to have a low turnout. Exactly, obviously. exactly. Um, so that yeah, some of the state races that we'll be looking at here before we dive into yeah. the local races. Um, Charlie Baker, the most popular governor in the United States, believe it or not, has a primary challenger. Uh, he's going up against a, a gentleman named Dr. Scott Lively. He's from Western Massachusetts, very conservative uh, minister, uh, known for his anti-gay anti stance, very um, fire and brimstone type of a candidate. On the Democratic side, it's Jay Gonzalez, who was um, one of Deval Patrick's cabinet members, mm -hmm. and he's facing Bob Massey, who's known for being an entrepreneur and environmentalist. Uh, so the winner of that race will face likely Charlie Baker. Yeah, it would be hard to believe that yeah. Dr. Scott Lively could you know, take out the most popular 
governor in the country who's Republican in a Democratic, right. you know, controlled state in large part. Yeah, especially so. because that's a statewide race. As we talk about uh, some of the local races throughout the state, somebody told me the other day, and this is a candidate, and he didn't want to be on the record, he says, you know, a couple dozen people in this low turnout could really change things. Yeah, so yeah. that's why it's so important to get out the vote. And, of course, um, on the U.S. Senate side, we have three candidates, three Republicans who want to face Elizabeth Warren in November. We have Jeff Deal. He's a state representative from Whitman. Spent a lot of time on the Cape, by the way. Um, Beth Lindstrom used to be a former Mitt Romney aide. And we have John Kingston, who is a businessman who has, for the most part, financed his own campaign. Um, early on, he put $3 million into his campaign. I'm guessing that has gone up over the months. And and this is a hot race, uh, almost with some national attention because mm-hmm. of Elizabeth Warren. Obviously, she's a, uh, a a senator who has drawn a lot of attention during her time in mm-hmm. D.C. and is also looked at as a potential presidential candidate. Exactly. Although you know she's not there yet, some of these candidates are kind of looking at that and well, pointing. Well, yeah, so this will will be a national spotlight on this race, and it's also uh, interesting to note that Jeff Deal was. Uh, Donald Trump's uh, co-chairman co, uh, of his Massachusetts campaign. So a lot of people thinking ahead here are saying, he wins on Tuesday, could we have a visit by Trump yeah, here in Massachusetts? Yeah, the Trump v. Warren, you know, it, surrogate, basically. It is, and, I mean, you know. You know that, somebody, uh, called, somebody you talked to, an analyst you talked to, called him Trump light. Called him Trump light, and, and uh, she also said, this was a professor from UMass, don't forget that Trump won the Republican primary here in Massachusetts, got a million votes, so you know, this very well could happen. Yep. Uh, the other race we need to watch here in the state, which a lot of people are saying is going to be a bellwether of where the Democratic Party is going here in Massachusetts, is Secretary of State. It's Bill Galvin. He's been Secretary of State for almost a quarter century. Wow. And he's facing Josh Zakem. He's 34 years old. He's a Boston City Councilor. Talk about name recognition. I think we've all been over the bridge named for his father. And uh, he has been um, really aggressively campaigning for, I'm going to say, six months, maybe more. Um, and it's become a very hotly contested race. Well, it's been interesting to see more and more press releases from the Secretary <laughs> of State himself. Exactly. His name's, you know, as you said, mm-hmm. been here for a quarter century. Secretary of State is not usually, you know, one of these uh, uh, positions where you're way out in front, but your name is kind of percolating back there, and his name has been known mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. He's, he's run for various offices, and so you have these two names that are going up against each other. That's right. It's also ironic that, uh, depending upon what happens on Tuesday, that he is the one who chose September 4th as the date, but um, all indications are he wasn't aware that he was going to have a primary opponent back when he did that, so um, it to be very interesting. And... Um, and so that's yeah. that's the kind of statewide, statewide. races. Um, our local races, uh, we have a number of, of uh, races that are kind of more focused here on the Cape. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to, to start with, we have the um, uh, the Plymouth and Barnstable Senate District. It's the, the mm-hmm. state Senate district. Um, and there are a couple of Democrats who are mm-hmm. vying to go up against uh, incumbent Republican State Senator uh, Vinny DiMacito, uh, Republican from Plymouth. These two folks are from Plymouth. What do we know about they them? They are. They're from over the bridge. Um, but And, and Senator DiMacito, he's been in that post for, for two terms, but he's also been a state representative for a long time before that. So he's been in politics a long time. The two candidates, one is a woman named Deb Rudolph. She's an attorney from Plymouth. Uh, has never run for, uh, for office before. Um, she is now saying, you know, I think Senator DiMacito, he's been in politics too long. 
uh, it's time for a new voice. She's also saying, hey, you know, up on Beacon Hill, it's largely Democratic legislation. Um, if you're a Republican, you're probably on the outside looking in. So why don't we have a Democrat in this district to kind of be more of a player up there? Yeah, it's interesting on the Cape and Islands <laughs> to kind of counter that in some respects. Cape and Islands delegation works pretty well together. And there are a couple of races here on the Cape where you, you could probably normally say that, but because of the mm -hmm. cross-aisle uh, interaction between the Cape and Islands delegation and Demacito certainly mm -hmm. is a part of that region across the aisle, that may not play out that exact way up right. on Beacon Hill. But she does have a point that, again, the legislature is largely controlled by mm -hmm. Democrats. And if you're a Republican, you really have to yeah. push hard to get anything done. Right. And the eight members of the delegation here from the Cape and Islands, Republican or Democrat, they'll tell you the same thing. We work really well together. Mm -hmm. And they, they do. And I've seen that in action. Um, the other candidate there, the Democrat, is a guy named Stephen Michael Palmer. Uh, he's from Plymouth as well. He's a, a property manager. Very interesting. He ran for state representative from South Boston a couple decades ago uh, against um, Billy Balder. You probably remember him. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think he said he got 34% of the vote. And he's also a member of Plymouth Town Meeting and uh, is, is on uh, a couple committees in, um, in Plymouth as well. Um, he is, is claiming that Senator DiMacito is a little bit out of touch with the district. Um, he wants to uh, cut taxes, and um, also he is a, a big fan of, uh, obviously, what everyone else is, uh, further education, jobs in the district, and affordable housing. Yeah, those those three a, things you hear a lot. You know, a tax uh, argument from a Democrat mm -hmm. who's going yeah. to face a Republican. It's a different sort of quality. Exactly. Um, so that's, uh, again, the Plymouth and uh, Barnesville district, uh, uh, Senate district. Mm -hmm. um, on the Cape, uh, and again, that has some towns that are part of that district, which is why uh, we certainly care here on mm -hmm. Cape Cod. Right. Um, solidly on the Cape is the first Barnesville district, and there's a primary there. Again, two Democrats uh, seeking to unseat uh, State Representative Timothy mm -hmm. Whalen, a uh, popular Republican out in uh, mm -hmm. Brewster. Um, and he's another kind of these popular across the aisle type of guys. But these two Democrats are, you know, saying that, that, that they think they have a shot at, at taking him down. They, they do. And this is kind of similar to what we're, we were seeing in the, um, in the Secretary of State race, new Democrat versus more um, establishment Democrat. The two candidates here, one is a, a guy named Joshua Mason. He's from Dennis. He's 36 years old, works in the hospitality management industry, has never run for office before. Interesting thing about him, he, um, he was uh, raised on the Cape, moved to Los Angeles and actually worked on the Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres show hmm. before he came back here to the Cape. Uh, the other candidate so you're saying is, we're going to have an Ellen visit? I, I'm hoping. Yeah, I'm hoping <laughs> that uh, maybe she'll take a call. A lot of people are helping. Before okay. Tuesday night. Uh, the other candidate here is Stephen Leibowitz uh, from Brewster. He is um, a longtime um, member of the Democratic circles here on the Cape. He was the chairman of the Brewster Democratic Town Committee, also served on the school board, and he's a delegate to the Democratic Convention. Uh, he's in his early 60s. Josh Mason, he's positioning himself, and this is a direct quote, I'm a, a young visionary with lots of energy. And a primary um, focus of his campaign is to stop the youth exodus from Cape Cod. Mm. Um, there's a lot of ideas behind that. Steve is um, once again more, more, more of a, a establishment Democrat, focusing on the environment, affordable housing. And one of the key uh, parts of his campaign is to get more uh, reimbursement, I'm sorry, into the education system here in the Cape. That's making up for uh, students that go to charter schools from districts uh, 
So it's money uh, going money, to public right, schools, he's saying, right. uh, and not to charter schools, but because the charter schools are drawing students away, he wants mm -hmm. to support yeah, We need to get some of this schools. money back, is what he's saying, mm -hmm. not only for the charter schools, but for regional transportation and special education. Mm -hmm. And and again, that's kind of an experience versus youth uh, uh, battle there. It, it, it is. And you know what, what, what here, too, is what both of them said. It's, very, uh, it, it's unusual for both candidates, two candidates, to say the same thing. They both said that they think Tim Whalen, who was a former state trooper, mm. is focused more on law and order issues. Which it has been very popular and a very right. popular stance for him to take, especially considering some of the uh, police mm -hmm. officers who have been shot. Uh, Yarmouth uh, Police Sergeant Sean Gannon killed exactly. in the line of duty and Whalen having that experience. That's been a very popular part of been. his uh, term. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of people would point to that and say, great. And these guys are kind of saying too much focus there. We think that you need to focus some more on education and these other issues. Is well, right. And, and Mason said, you know, uh, uh, Whalen has a piece of legislation didn't pass the last session that would allow former law enforcement officials to carry guns on school campuses. He, Mason's saying, well, maybe maybe we should think more about the system itself. Putting more money versus, into the right, education right. versus allowing something like that, which is an interesting topic. Um, one of the more interesting uh, races uh, here on the Cape is uh, for the, um, uh, the, was this the fifth? It is. Bar the Bar 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 District. And this is uh, actually on the Republican side of things here, a primary. Mm -hmm. um, another popular Republican on the Cape, State uh, Representative Randy Hunt, a Republican out of Sandwich, uh, is facing a challenger uh, who is not new to controversy and no. not new to, you know, running for office. Um, this is Ron Beatty Jr., Ronald Beatty Jr. He's a county commissioner. What is this race shaped up to? And I, I love the fact that it may have started over a parking space. Yeah, that, that we first reported last summer. But, you know, th this, this race for... Uh, a district here on the Cape is actually attracting statewide attention. It's been listed as one of the five to watch on Tuesday night. Uh, it does pit Randy Hunt, uh, who has been a four-term um, state representative against Mr. Beattie. And you're right, the tension between these two started last June over a parking spot at the county complex. It was a Friday afternoon. Um, Randy Hunt was there to meet with the county administrator, was running a little bit behind for a meeting, and the county administrator said, oh, you know, park in one of the county commissioner's spaces. There's no one here on a Friday afternoon. Well, Ron Beatty saw that and got very upset, very angry, um, and it went downhill pretty fast. It became a, um, a back and forth. talking almost right away about the idea of unseating Hunt that's, you know, that's, right after the parking space. That's right, and, and, uh, and Randy Hunt, when I was speaking to him this week, uh, this week, he said, I've never had a primary opponent and I never certainly thought that a parking space would be the trigger for one. Um, but it was, and here we are getting ready for Tuesday. Randy is saying, and Randy Hunt is saying, uh, you know, you should vote for me in the primary because I have a really good relationship with Governor Baker and Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito. Um, as a matter of fact, he was with the Lieutenant Governor yesterday, talked a little bit about uh, his focus on school safety, said he was well ahead of the curve on that uh, back when he was on the Sandwich Board of Selectmen. And uh, talks about the opioid epidemic as well, saying that he really was ahead of this in 2010, um, saying this is going to be a problem. He said, I'm very sad that it turned out that his prediction was right. Uh, but he's also calling for stronger sentences yeah. for drug dealers. And, and then on the other side, we have... On the other side, we have Commissioner Beatty, who's run for several offices over the years. Uh, he is a Barnesville County Commissioner now. Interesting here and, and, and something that uh, is fairly well known. He did serve some time in federal prison back in the 90s for threatening the first President Bush, Ted Kennedy, and 
a Massachusetts legislator named Lois Pines up in the, uh, the Norfolk district. Since being elected over the course of the past year, he's a very heavy user of Twitter. If, if deals Trump light, I'd say BD is more Trump, you know, heavy, if Trump you will. Heavy, he's right. very, he very much takes after the president in terms of certainly tweeting his even, mind. Even the style on, on Twitter with the exclamation points and the, yeah. the, the whole, you know, he mimics that quite a bit. And it's got him into a lot of trouble over the past year. Um, he has uh, talked about the Me Too movement. Um, he has called David Hogg, who um, was a survivor of the Parkland shooting, um, ridiculous, and he's used a lot of a lot of other names for these two. Rat, Opportunistic rat, the ones they used. and um, you know, really kind of brushed off the whole Me Too movement. And it all started last summer with his call for uh, great white sharks to be uh, to be killed, baited, with, with, and, baited killed, and drummed. Which a lot of environmentalists. A lot of I mean, there. yeah, there, there was some uh, some pretty uh, pretty heavy threats coming in from across the country to the county county offices. Yeah, they were almost overwhelmed at one point. They the, were, the and they were they're a little frightened. Yeah. So very controversial figure. Um, he's running on um, uh, against um, Randy Hunt, saying in his eight years, Representative Hunt has had no accomplishment. He's too big of a fan of taxes. Um, his support of the short-term rental tax, which still is in limbo, mm -hmm. um, he cited that. And also, Randy Hunt has got some uh, some notice in the past year for trying to clean up the litter that we see seemingly everywhere with nip bottles nip to put bottles, a deposit yeah. on them. And Beatty's saying, well, that really is just a tax anyway. He wants to take more money out of your pockets. It really is fascinating because Hunt is known as somebody in a lot of his, his Social media for both these guys is a big deal. Mm -hmm. In the in uh, Beatty's uh, side, Twitter is kind of his his uh, social media of choice. Uh, Randy Hunt spends a lot of time uh, on Facebook, starting conversations. He kind of demands almost that those conversations be civil and be mm -hmm. ones that people yes. engage in in questions that are you know again reasonable, relevant, and that they they go through it in a civil way. Some of those things, the nip bottles you mentioned, mm -hmm. he's talked about a lot on social media. The uh, kind of cutting the cord in terms of cable, and these are some issues that people kind of really see in their their daily lives. Yeah, um, exactly. So it's it's really interesting to see these two going up against each other. Other other um, parts of the BD platform too are the Second Amendment rights. So it's conscious week on that. That. Um, Randy Hunt supported the bathroom bill in 2016 that was trans transgender rights um, and also he claims uh, that uh, Randy did not support the move to have local law enforcement officials assist ICE and and they're both I mean strong proponents of the Second Amendment we should say mm -hmm. I think Randy actually himself is a hunter yeah, um, and and, uh, and again points out that he's you know somebody who has a license uh, and and is somebody who is a big supporter of the mm -hmm. Second Amendment. Beatty says that's not enough. You that's know, not you enough. Know. No. And also should mention once was heated up last summer after the parking uh, space incident, Randy Hunt blocked Ron Beatty on oh, social, media. social media, and um, he actually declined to say anything uh, negative about his opponent. Um, when interviewed earlier this week. Yep, that's true. And the winner of that will face uh, somebody in yeah, the general. Jack well. Stanton, who's only uh, 26 years old. Yeah. Um, he's out of Sandwich. He's um, a graduate of George Washington University. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's who we'll find face. out more about him when we get to the general. We will. Uh, another primary uh, race here with a, uh, I guess, long-term incumbent at this point. Uh, it feels like just the other day that he was elected, and, and uh, certainly congressmen have shorter terms mm -hmm. uh, than senators. Um, U.S. Representative William Keating, 
uh, is facing a challenger who's local here to the Cape. Uh, he is. He's, his name is Bill Sombrello. He is from Osterville. He's um, a Democratic Socialist, mm -hmm. which this is another interesting race, um, considering what happened in New York recently with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democratic Socialist who came out of seemingly out, out of nowhere to win a, a primary for Congress as well. Um, Representative Keating is seeking a fifth term. Um, speaking with him yesterday, he said it's important for him to be reelected to continue the um, what he calls the oversight of the Trump administration until the Democrats get a hold of the House again. He said it's really important that that not be disrupted, and he's been working on that quite a bit. Um, Bill Sombrello, on the other hand, says that Representative Keating, he's part of the status quo also hits him pretty hard for taking money from corporate interests. Mm -hmm. And um, some of the issues that Sombrello uh, is advocating for include single-payer health care, forgiveness of all student debt, um, abolishing ICE, and a federal jobs guarantee. Yeah, you go from this on the fifth part of right. did talk about you know having local law enforcement involved with ICE yeah. to this side of things, which is getting rid of ICE altogether. Mm -hmm. the, you know the two extremes here. And 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 Keating says, well, yeah, that's all well and good, but you're gonna have to print more money to do that, and that's going to affect inflation is going to cause more troubles yeah. than uh, than anticipated. So again, an interesting race. Again, kind of more of the traditional uh, Democrat in, in Keating's case uh, versus, you know, somebody who's more on the uh, the uh, and, and it's gotten, again, more attention with some wins in, in some various races mm -hmm. across the country, this mm -hmm. this uh, democratic socialism movement. And the They're people saying, up in Boston. Too, yeah, and saying, like, I think the push is let's like not have socialism be a, the dirty word that it is, is their argument that it's something that, that should be serious. That's right. Now, you know, Keating's from Bourne, Sombrello's from Osterville, but this district is 46 towns. It goes from Norwell on the South Shore over to Fall River. And uh, Sombrello's claiming that he's running pretty strong in the New Bedford area. Yep. Um, winner gets to face uh, Peter Tedeschi, yeah, a Republican in the some name recognition, name recognition and money. That's uh, right. You know, plenty of both. That's right. Um, so, so again, that's a quick rundown. Uh, Jeff, you've, you're going to be covering this going forward uh, on CapeCodTimes.com mm -hmm. slash politics. All these stories are there right now. We'll be covering the primary next Tuesday, and certainly people can follow your Twitter feed. That's right. Uh, and they, they can also follow your political notes, which runs uh, now during the, the uh, season here every Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday and Friday. It's usually Tuesday, but now we're going to do it every every Tuesday and Friday. That's right. If you can't make it, remember, you can't make it there on Labor Day, you'll have to 5 o'clock tomorrow to go get an absentee ballot. Yeah, I think it's pretty objective to say get out and vote mm -hmm. because, you know, your, your voice uh, certainly will uh, matter uh, one way or the other and, and, and can make a difference. Um, uh, moving on real quick, uh, I'll just talk quickly, um, and I think we're going to be coming out of it today and, and, and at least by tomorrow, but there's been this heat wave that has hit you know, the Northeast, the state, and here on the Cape, uh, we've had some, some effects of that, some school cancellations. Uh, Barnstable School, you, uh, uh, that, uh, you, in the town where you cover mm -hmm. Barnstable Public Schools, canceled their first day of school yesterday, and then it was rescheduled today, and then they canceled it again today because it was just too hot. Superintendent Meg Mayor Brown just said, you know, there's just too much heat in the buildings, and, and we can't have students and teachers in there. Um, the town of Bourne uh, had their first day of school, I believe, on Tuesday, and then canceled yesterday, and I believe is letting out early today. Um, and when all these decisions, it's so interesting to see. This is so different uh, in some respects from the winter, but also the same because when snow days are called by superintendents, there's always kind of this back and forth of when I was a kid, we used to trudge uphill 
both ways in the snow to get to school? You know, what's the problem? And other people saying, how could you do this? It's dangerous. And, and in this case, it's the heat. Um, which is which is really interesting to see this. A lot of people saying, why don't you just start after Labor Day? You know, at what point, if it continues to, to heat up and it's later in the year each time, do you kind of keep pushing school back? Other people saying, how can these schools not be equipped with air conditioning and something to make it comfortable for these kids? Um, in the case of Bourne, I know uh, the Peebles uh, Elementary School is being replaced, um, and that was a school that uh, there were some concerns raised about that. Um, yeah, a quick look at next week. If you look at the long-term forecast, 90 shows up again. Oh, boy. Yeah, well, we'll see. And, again, it was the, the heat index that they were talking about, too, because it was the high temperatures – and high humidity and that combined got a heat index of like 103 degrees or, or what it's supposed to feel like out there. So we'll keep track of that uh, for you and and uh, and let you know when there are other cancellations. Again, it's hard to believe we're talking about cancellations. A lot of people are, I think, in some ways this week looking forward to winter, but then also lamenting uh, the end of summer here. Um, just a quick look ahead. We have a story coming. I, I won't give away too much of it, but there are sharks. There's pirate treasure. You really got to keep your eyes on the paper tomorrow. Um, uh, hopefully, and in, in, in maybe Saturday, uh, in terms of when this story comes out. Uh, but it's I, enough said. Sharks and pirate treasure. That's all you need to know. Um, in terms of uh, again, politics. CapeCutTimes.com slash politics. Uh, thanks a lot uh, for uh, for watching. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for being on and and setting us all straight on who's running for what. It's a it's a lot of work out there to to follow this along. Um, please tell your friends. Share the link to this. Um, and uh, keep watching and, and watching us on social media where we're news starts on Cape Cod. Uh, until next time, uh, good morning and good luck and get out and vote. Thank you.